Don't let someone steal your great idea. Register a domain name now and put your idea online. GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for the low price of $2.95, 295. Whether you're building your dream business or starting a website for fun, visit godaddy.com and enter the code kren295, k r e n n 295 at checkout. It's go time. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We are worldwide, we are nationwide on the Sideshow Network. The boys are in studio, they're at Talent Network Inc. Terry Jones, John Evans, Mike Waisaki. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Cren. Jim Cren, No Restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Produced by Josh Folio, uh, we've got Dave Sedemeyer, Frank Mergia, Corey Gale, Wayne Weil, Ryan the Intern, who's missing, I think. Is he back? Is he back? Yeah, okay. And we have uh, John Evans, Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, and myself here in the studio on Mike. Uh, Terry uh, is uh, not here today. He's on the road, so uh, won't be in. And want to thank uh, uh, the Sideshow Network, of course, uh, Prime Core Group, uh, the collections agency, corporate collections in, here in Pittsburgh. Go to primecoregroup.com. And I want to announce uh, uh, we have uh, a, a couple couple events we're going to talk about uh I get Bark in the Dark, which is next week. What, let's see when you hear this. Was as you're listening to this, it's going to be the as I look at my thing here, twenty third, twenty third. So as you listen to this show, which will be the twenty first, it is on Saturday. So I'll see you Saturday night. I figured that all out of my head. See, that's how good I am. Quick right? math. You didn't know it was that good math. And I had you? no idea. Yes. So that's why I had to pull out my phone mm-hmm. to help me on the calendar. So it's 23rd. It's at North Park, Bark in the Dark. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's for animal friends. Go to jimcran.com. We got all, all the details. Uh, also, want to talk about. Uh, oh, real quick, want to thank Wild Bill once again from Deadliest Catch, our Deadliest Carp video is a hit i loved it it was so much fun doing deadliest carp <laughs> wild bill terry was really funny in that too and thank you again to wild bill uh, check it out on youtube go to jimcran.com it's all over look for the new the new series i'm sure a will pick it up deadliest carp I'm pretty sure it's gonna mm, happen i'm hearing rumors already are you hearing, yes i mm-hmm. thought it's a dangerous scheme so i'm in the know people, and i'm hearing rumors. people are intrigued intrigued by it mm-hmm. people are really intrigued by this so you know Carp fishing is just fascinating. It's good, it's good stuff. <laughs> but hey, I just want to open the show up. It's it's a bummer, but I have to say because I love this lady. Our mayor, our former mayor, Sophie Masloff, passed away. She was ninety six years old. Sophie was mayor of our city, you know, several years ago. But she was such a nice lady. Yeah, in in the late eighties, early nineties, when she was mayor, and I started on uh, the radio, she was the Besides Stanley P. Kachowski, was probably the first character I did. The first local impression was probably was Sophie. And Sophie was just such a character when she was mayor. I mean, she she's 96 as she passed, as so she was, you know, in her 70s then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. As mayor. And she was this cute little lady who looked like your aunt or something as, as your mayor. And I think that's what she was. People just loved her. She was the first. The funny thing was when you saw her as mayor, you thought, well... What could she, look at this lady, you know. How inventive could she be on the political side? Do you know she was the first person, John, 
to come up with the stadium idea with new stadiums. Oh yeah, she would have saved hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars had we listened to her at that time. They said she was crazy. They absolutely crushed her in the press. I remember that the, the drawing exact almost looked like Heinz Field was very now. close, same spot right next to Three Rivers, basically the same spot. Sophie comes up with this idea. Says, "Hey, you know, we should give them stadiums and, and keep, to keep the team. It'll secure them here." in Pittsburgh and we need the major league teams to have a major league city kind of thing and she was on the money on all that stuff it was kind of interesting as, as time went on to see that she had more foresight than we had thought she did other nice great things she's a politician her entire life mm-hmm. one of the things uh, John I, I you weren't here at the time in Pittsburgh I used to really when I did the impression <clears throat> I really got on it and, and at the time Radio wasn't so FCC strict. It was a lot looser FCC-wise. In other words, I could say almost anything but drop an F-bomb. Thank you, Janet Jackson. Yeah, Janet Jackson pretty much ruined it. She Her ruined and it. that ugly boob. Uh-huh, right? that one Justin titty Timberlake. cost it, I know. Yeah, that mushy, weird-looking boob that Justin Timberlake pulled out. Yeah, messed it all up. But before that, in the late 80s, when I started late 80s, when I was on radio, it was almost like a cable television version of things the way you can do it. Especially on a, depending on your format. The rock and roll format was just built for us, for us John, for yeah. radio. You know, Mikey, it was mm-hmm. built for comedians. The comedy clubs were booming in the 80s. I was a child of the comedy clubs. Six years in the comedy clubs, three years headlining. All of a sudden, I was just groomed for radio. When I came in back home to guest, I was doing graffiti, and, that's, and boom, I landed the job at, at the at WDV. And... My partner and I, Scott Paulson, at the time, you know, we, we, had, we had a great time. And the show starts rolling. We start getting huge. And I start working on this impression of Sophie Maslow because she had such a distinctive voice. And she, there was a certain kindness to her, too. And that's one of the things. When you're doing impressions and characters, it'll, it'll really hit if you can do the impression and in the, in the person is beloved by people because you you're just connecting kind of mm-hmm. – especially the fact she's a politician. You can lampoon her in a sense because of the political side. But she's well-liked. She, and as I got to know her as a person, she really, she was genuine. She was really a good person, but her voice was so uh, had the scratchy Pittsburghy kind of thing that we would love here in Pittsburgh. We all have an aunt like that or whatever. It's like you know, and, and she. Thank you very much. Yeah, what's her voice? <laughs> and my favorite thing was when Penns win the first cup, and we're doing a big championship ninety one, I guess, and and we're doing a parade, and Sophie is at the point and. She screams, scratch my back with a hacksaw. But, it, but it's kind of muffled, you know. He's like, scratch my neck with a hacksaw. But it sounded, when she said it, it sounded like snatch. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, but it was back. But it's the way muffled at that time. It's like, yeah, scratch my neck with a hacksaw. Like, so, I, so I started doing, redid it for the radio. I said, well, here's the tape of Sophie at the, at the, you know, the rally. And, and I, of course, I did the impression going, scratch my snatch with a hacksaw. So... <laughs> That that was the, when the impression was kind of born. It, it was kind of they got mm-hmm. big, and and so from there, I, the first time I met her, I didn't. So I had been messing with her for a while, like doing the impression, and I waited like about nine, ten months later. I was at a charity event, and she walks up to me, little Sophie, looks at me, and she says, "Do me." <laughs> she said that. <laughs> she says, "Do me." It was so funny. I know I couldn't laugh, but she said that. Said, Sophie, do me, Jimmy. So I did her. I did the impression, <laughs> and. So she was really kind, and, and she was, you know, way like I said, she had that vision. She was hip, like she was smart. She knew 
She didn't say, hey, stop doing the impression. I mean, I'm going to scratch my snatch with a hacksaw. Yeah. She could have easily said, you know, stop that shit or kick in the balls or whatever. But she did not say that. She said, Jim, keep it up, man. I think it's funny. Love it. And she, you know, the station was number one show in the city. And, and she knew people listened. And I was impressed by that. It was her confidence and, you know, that she didn't say anything so we got to know each other more and more and we did this big thing where they redid the smithfield street bridge for whatever we you don't know why bits become popular you have no idea you know these weird things that come out of our imaginations why they become you wildly popular this one bit became the signature bit probably that one of the three or four that uh, in my 24 year career that people remember and have me sophie uh we were commemorating the smithfield street bridge and we were going to do an interview with her, and she was late. And so I, I'm stalling, John. Yeah. Scott, my partner, is talking. So she says, you know, what do we do? I said, ah, just interview Mia Sophie, so, you know, until she gets here. I'll just be her until she gets here. Mm-hmm. For some weird reason, I had this idea of her bungee jumping off the Smithville Street Bridge to commemorate the refurbishment or reopening of it or whatever. So... Scott says, hey, Sophie, she's bungee jumping. And I just did a stupid thing. I was like, you know, the echo, we would win, fake win. But I was on the bridge, actually. It was a live broadcast. Number. But, we, you know, I was like, okay, I'm ready to get it. And I jumped. I went, ah! Like, it, like you know, pulled the mic going, Let's go. Whatever. And it became, till this day, people walk up to me going, So, yeah. So, but it, so then Sophie finally showed up. Uh, and you know we we did the interview. I have a photo of that at home. I will get that. I'm going to put that on jimcrane.com. I'll get that photo to get Frankie to get that up of her and I uh, standing on that bridge that day. It's cool. She was okay with the word snatch. I mean, she was born in 1917 during the Woodrow Wilson administration, <laughs> and that was the milder one bit that I did with her. Yeah, <laughs> I did Sophie Vader. Yeah, you know, I did. she was cool with all of it. She was cool with all of it. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, always treated me so well. And the the neat thing was they, uh, I got roasted or you know, my twenty years in radio in '08, and uh, she she came out to the roast, wasn't feeling well, and you know this is what two thousand eight I'm talking mm-hmm. about. So this is you know she's in her eighties at this point, late eighties, and she come out she came out to roast me, man, and she was so kind and every and we had like comedy central this roast like people were just coming at me like triple x stuff and she comes up the nicest thing in the world and, and my wife hetty was walking with her get her to get her bring her back to her car and her granddaughter was there and sophie looks at hetty and goes i was really hard on jimmy i hope he's not mad at me <laughs> <laughs> can't be at a roast that's what after it's all, all those years so yeah it's like you know she's so that's how kind she's kind lady She'll be missed, man, and, and you know, mm-hmm. always in our hearts. We love, love you, Soph. You'll live on forever. Sophie Masloff, a, a brilliant, brilliant woman, brilliant woman and politician and just a, you know, a, a kind, kind soul. So we'll miss you, Sophie, and thank you for making my, making my radio career. I appreciate that. <laughs> she did. But anyway, so as we, as we as we move on, guys. So, how was your week, John? How you been, man? Well, I've been great. Uh, I lost my voice a couple weeks ago, which is the first time I've ever been on stage and 
lost not, and and not been able to do what I normally do. What did you do? Did you do like sign language? Or no, did you no. Not I just perform? I just powered through it, and I found out that I couldn't really hit higher notes or just mm-hmm. like a vo- range of voices. Yeah. So I just started going for the low stuff, and after a while, I started talking like the uh, <laughs> like the old, in between Sling Blade guy or and something. the manager of Major League. Give him the heater, Ricky. <laughs> so I just started, you know, getting down low like this here, <laughs> and I would do the same jokes my act, but with a lower volume. Low register. No, yeah. Really? I really did. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Did it cancel out Man of a Thousand Voices? <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon I'll make you laugh. <laughs> I Wow. That, yeah, that, no, it was tough. really scary. It was the, really the, scary. The, it's never happened to me in 18 years of doing stand-up. It was frightening. I I, uh, I, I, I've ex- I experienced that uh, three, three, four times for some reason. If I do, I don't do this anymore, but when I was on the clubs like that's why you do six eight shows a week and for some reason every once in a while three different times actually i got, I got some kind of laryngitis where my voice started wearing was yours from wearing out mine was from wearing out so i do a lot of impressions and characters my and, son know, was sick and then so uh, he passed it well it was some kind of stomach bug or something and he passed it on to leah or, or, or and maybe it was a uh, like a nasal something right. but uh but, but, but a, she lost her voice she lost her voice and then i was like Psh. You sound ridiculous. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, five days later, I yeah, lost my like, voice. Hey, I was like, oh, geez. You're going to go back to the club and they're going to be like, wow, is that the same guy? Yeah. So, yeah, I felt very weird about it. But, uh, no, it, 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 I had to get, take a couple days off. And then I was in Syracuse and everything was fine. Back to Damn. almost normal. You know, I, and then I started getting better. And then a couple days ago, I started getting a little bit sick again. And then I... I uh, I bought this wonder elixir called El- elderberry extract. El- wait, el- really? Elderberry extract. Elderberry extract. It's just elderberries juiced up, put in a little thing like cough syrup, yeah. and you do little shots of it, and it's supposed to uh, not only get you better, but it's supposed to boost your immune system if you take it regularly. Oh, I thought it was going to say you get you high. I was going to go and get it. I went from not having a, <laughs> I went from not having a voice to like being able to talk like the next day after doing like three shots of it. So There's I'm a sponsor. full believer. Let's get it. I'm we telling be, you. We could all talk about it. You believe elderberry extract? Elderberry, I can get it at, uh, at, your, uh, at your local pharmacy, your, uh, no, your we'll Rite gr- Aid. We'll grow our own. Next year, you'll get your potted special potted plants. Johnny, we'll grow our own elderberry. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad. I'm glad you're right. Welcome back. You know, it's funny, Johnny. When you think of our job, I, I was thinking of it when you were saying it, how you couldn't speak and how you know you had to go to a lower register and stuff. Yeah. And there was like a little fear came over me because we take everything for granted, our health and everything for granted, oh, right. and, and everything you do in performance, it comes down to your voice, right? Yeah. And your health, because if you're not feeling good, yeah, how do you? It's harder to perform. Mike, mm-hmm. you've done it. You've been sick performing, yeah, it's, or in pain of some sort. It's not easy. It's not no, and it's 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 a fear, isn't it? It's weird. You somehow get through it though. Have either of you ever had to, when you're on stage, ever had to sneeze or yes. go to the bathroom? It, I've, ne- I've luckily it's never I, happened to me. I've never had to stop and sneeze. I haven't had to do the. Bathroom. I've never had to really just go to the bathroom during it. For some reason, I think that your body knows what's going on. It shuts down the other functions. I think when yeah, so you know why? I don't know what it is. If you think of how often and times in a day you do either one of those things. But well, it's never happened when I've been on stage. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think we're in a fighter. Someone always told me they said when you're on stage, you're in a, a fight or flight type thing. You know, it's that right. type situation feeling mm-hmm. or whatever. So maybe that's when you don't whiz. You know, because yeah. when you're flying, you don't want to piss on That'd people. Be an awful feeling. 
<laughs> or I really got to shit. I got to get through this punchline. Yeah, maybe you fought when you fought, you whiz. That'd be horrible. You'd be the worst fight. You'd be the, I'd be Jimmy the Wizard crying if I pissed <laughs> while I was wizard. fighting. That'd be my nickname. There I was don't a do that. There was a, a <laughs> there was a comedian in. Uh, IP, you know you're going to get knocked out. A guy. And you remember? You ever heard Chris Fonseca, who was in a mm-hmm. wheelchair? He's got uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, affliction. I'm not sure what it is, but he's uh, he's done like Letterman and stuff. And um, he, uh, I guess, one time on stage, he was doing some heavy drinking. I guess, and uh, <laughs> that was the old. He's sober now. Yeah. But uh, the bathroom on stage. But <laughs> was in his wheelchair and said, "Hold on, you guys, I'll be right back." Wheels himself off stage, goes to the bathroom, leaves wow. nobody on stage. <laughs> <laughs> the the feature, uh, he tells like the MC or the feature to go back up there and talk to him while he's while he's, while he's, he's taking a leak. Yeah, like hey, you got to you got to go, you got to go, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, Knockwood, it has not happened. Yeah, I remember this girl support. going back up there, like, oh, well, this is weird. I always, go, I, I always, yeah, I have to take a whiz right before I walk on stage. Oh, I do too. Yeah, you do. It must be a, a common ritual for every performer, right? Yeah, I, I actually usually whiz do first. Close to gotta it, whiz yeah. ten minutes before whatever. Just always to make sure it's everything's out. Yes, and I tell me if we agree on this. I'm always ten minutes or fifteen before, not like immediately before, because you don't want to walk up with a wet spot. No, you give it time to dry in case yeah. there is one. Accident happens, you're mm-hmm. done, right? Yeah. You have yeah. the little wet spot, what are you going to do? You can't hide it. Mm-hmm. They know what it is. <laughs> there goes your opening tent. I know. This now, is the kind of insightful uh, information that we give we young, young comics. Yeah. That's yeah. right. We're building. Yeah. You know what? I, and the one that made me think of this, though, was, and I, I, don't want to, I definitely don't want to get into a serious show or anything, so we'll, we'll t- touch on this. But we should touch on him because he was the, one of the greatest comedians of all time, Robin Williams. When you were saying that, Johnny, about your throat and everything, I, I read yesterday, I didn't know this until I read this article when his wife said that Robin uh, had the early, sta- on, early stages of Parkinson disease. Right. And I, I guess he maybe he thought he couldn't perform in a year or two or something you know if you took away his performance because i thought how could you throw that away even if you were broke because you have this great talent and you can go on stage you perform it at euphoric rush yeah. you could even the i understand depression is a disease and a serious one mm-hmm. but but you know he had all those gifts and you say well whenever, maybe that was part of the where he thought his gift was taken away because of parkinson's disease where he possibly in his mind anyway and then you see these people as courageous, like uh, Michael J. Fox, who sent him a you know note or knew him pretty well, and mm-hmm. sent his wife you know a, a caring note also. But and I thought I thought it too when I read that I was like Jesus, Michael J. Fox, what you know, what a heart and guts he's right fighting. Now. He's like fuck it, I'll take that, I'll take a ride. Rob probably guess for whatever reason, maybe because of his disease of depression, he couldn't take that ride. There might be some to that, you know. Uh, that, that's a scary thing to to know that that can be your brain can be taken away from you uh, with that slowly. And depression, to... and he had like this heart surgery. Yeah. Just a bad yeah. combination, and he had a problem with alcohol and just everything hitting you at once. And the TV show canceled, and it's just and I think shit, it's shit. Yeah, my, yeah. and I think my theory and my thoughts were. That maybe he was able to beat it before because in the back of his mind, you know, John, he'd have another shot. Like he'd say, ah, I could perform. You think about it, Robin Williams could go down to any, any studio and get another eight-show deal, at least, yeah. to, to pilot and keep it going. But the wild card now is he's that is he's that sick, a serious illness that I guess he felt he couldn't overcome. 
whereas guys like Michael J. Fox did or are beating. I mean, as far as Michael J., man, he had a nice turn as an actor in Rescue Me about four or five years ago. So it was really it was one of his best roles. He played this crazy guy. Yeah. You know, was dating, uh, dating the lead's girlfriend or wife, ex-wife. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. He was such a great actor, such a great comedian. Was he one of your favorites, John? Uh, I, I, love, I like a lot of his stuff. I, as far as him being a comic... Yeah, was he an influence? I wasn't real. Uh, I mean, it was uh, something that I remember seeing early on, and uh, but I, I, I don't, wouldn't consider him an influence because he was so manic, and I, I'm like really the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, but I... <sighs> Have Bless like an incredible amount of respect right, for him, and yeah. um, and I love several of his movies, not all of them. Um, well, he he would say that, and he's you know, but it's it is so it's, it's a really sad thing when someone that's like like you said could go out and really sell out any number of theaters across the country, and people he'd do killer shows, and um, yeah, it's tough that that's not even an option now. So it's like uh, I feel bad for his family. I feel bad for him. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, that's the tough know. thing with that situation. You're right, the yeah, family he's got three awake, kids. Man. Yeah, three kids and stuff. How about how about you? With my, is you influenced you? Big big fan. I'm um, the same thing, kind of John. It's not really like my style, but I mean, I've always seen him around. He's always funny, and um, just the, there's nothing you could ever like try to duplicate in any way. He had his own kind of. I was almost I don't know like a trying to. Think he even had to describe him almost like Jonathan Winters on cocaine <laughs> in a way. He really like, was. That was both <laughs> that thing. You, you know, just, to have that you, diversity of talent to be able to do that to kill, you know, stand up and then and still win an an Academy Award for being a dramatic actor. I mean, that's there's not a whole lot of there's a handful of people maybe, and I can't even name anyone else that's able to do that to be. That have a talent that that's that diverse. That's yeah, well well said, Mike, and, and you too, Johnny. Same thing because although he didn't totally influence me or whatever, but in a way he did. Maybe in certain ways, like you said, not the style because you couldn't, no one could copy that style. But in a way, you see so that original. like that looks like fun. I want to do that. Yeah, that that, that yeah. Mike, and he was. We forget. Well, it's so long ago. He was a pioneer. He was one of the first. It's like Neil Armstrong on the moon or whatever. And, and like he, the first whatever. He, he Catch a Rising Star was was a comedy club in, in improv in New York City. This is before the boom of the comedy clubs in the eighties when when that format started. And then as we see comedians and comedy clubs as we see today, but that was not happening back then in the late seventies. There were a few coffee shop kind of clubs in certain cities. Bigger cities, New York City. Like I said, had catch in in had the Improv and a few other s- clubs. You had guys like Andy Kaufman, Freddie Prinze, David Brenner, all these different Richard Belzer, Belzer, Richard Pryor. Belzer, yeah. They're all working these clubs, and these are showcase clubs. Yeah, Belzer was, was the king of the club, one of the kings there. And mm. and Robin Williams. So Robin was a Juilliard guy, and I remember there was a special they threw on. They threw on real late at night. There was a, some kind of syndicated show from Catch a Rising Star. I'm like this time since late seven. I'm like sixteen or years old, seventeen. Robin Well was one of the first comedians. Him, Brenner, all the guys I mentioned. You know, Belzer was a little darker. Belzer did not have television stuff yet at that time, but he was a brilliant mm-hmm. club comedian as he still is. But it, it, what happened was there was Shecky Green or 
I don't know, Bob Hope, whatever. That was the style. Like the mountain comic guy was the guy still at that time. You know, like mm. a joke, Mort Salt. Whatever. It was like you know, take my wife, please. Whatever. Any, I'm. It was that was the style of comedy. In other words, joke, joke, boom, punch, joke, joke, punch, joke, joke, punch. So all of a sudden, the comic club bir- is the birth of the observational guy. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we see now, and that's what was a new kind of. They took it in a different direction. It was almost like a little theater going on there, you know, as far as you know, a little bit of bits of storytelling anyway, at the beginning of that storytelling vibe where they would just do the observational you know, style. Robin Williams, though, was one of the first I had ever seen on television on this Catch Rising Star thing. Because remember, when you're 17 in 19, late 70s, Johnny, Mike, you're talking, I'm watching Mike Douglas' show, Tonight Show. There wasn't cable at 90 stations. Merv. Merv. So you'd come on, and they go, you know, ladies and gentlemen, here's our comedian. And he'd come out. And Dinah Shore. Cosby was king. You know, Cosby was king. He, he was able to tell this story. But that observational thing was starting to break. And here comes Robin Williams, and I'm watching him. And he gets up, and he does this weird Man, he's all over the place. Mm. And I remember just laughing hysterically, thinking, "This is—I never seen anything like this." And he's kind of doing that, and he, he does this thing about Shakespeare high or something. If he was high, oh yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, look at that moon! The moon stands there. Oh, it's hanging there like a testicle in the sky." And that, that testicle in the skyline—I never forgot. Yeah, that yeah. was the line. That I, I thought that's genius. This is so funny, you know, dirty but clever, fun. So anyway, didn't he put like a sword in between a woman's thighs and try to pull it out or something? Yeah, all this. <laughs> yeah, the whole like Excalibur or whatever. The whole deal. Yeah, and then the ninety lines of improvisation. In between, I was blown away. This was on like real late at night. We were on some weekend or something. You know, me and my mm-hmm. buddies are staying up late or something, partying. I remember that. Lances. That. And, yeah, I remember that. And, and, and so I thought, John. That's where I thought, wow, that's amazing to me. That's different. That is, he's a bro- mm. He broke a mold in a way, or one of those guys that broke a mold. And then all of a sudden, it, took, it was meteoric with that much talent. That's all it took was there was one, one appearance on Happy Days. That was what it was, and a, and a ridiculous one as, a, as an alien. Yeah. He mm. takes this alien thing, and they turn it into a television show, which is a huge hit it for like, like five, six Fonzie's years. It was like Dream or something. They, the, the alien comes in, and he got his own show from that. And it becomes a huge five hit. Five minutes. Or- they, Mike, they said, according to what I've heard from different friends and, and from what I read, they had no script, basically. It was blank cue cards for Robin's lines. So he wrote it, basically, most of it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he had the beginning and the middle and the end stuff, but he would basically most of the lines from Mork was just him getting up riffing. It becomes this huge hit, but it's a pretty just fascinating thing. You know, he was a pioneer, broke that mold. Jonathan Winters was his influence, he said, but he mm-hmm. he was he, he was Jonathan Winters on Coke or steroids, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, but it was kind, it's kind of a fascinating career. And then then he had that, now another thing. He was one of the pioneers. If you think think about this, guys, who else do you know in those days? So you're a little younger than me. So the, the jump from television to movies was a big jump. So you didn't have – if you were a TV actor, you were kind of categorized as a television actor. You really didn't jump into movies. Robin Williams was one of the first TV guys to jump over to movies. There were a couple others, mm-hmm. Aaron Reynolds and a few others. But I'm just saying Robin Williams doing that from work to all of a sudden. Yeah, World According to Garp is a really good, really great movie. Great and movie. then uh, – uh, you know, good morning, call Vietnam. Me, call me crazy. I liked Moscow on the Hudson. John, that was a, no. I agree, he, man. That he, was a funny movie. Yeah, he was a mm. defector. He was yeah, a Soviet. Yeah, yeah. Yakov Smirnov was in. Yes, he was. And uh, during the height of the Cold War. In the height of the Cold War. <laughs> and he, funny thing was, 
I remember talking at the time. I just now I'm on a comedian. I'm in the clubs and you know in the '80s and just talking to people. And there was always talk about Rob Williams was king, as he as he was right up to it when he passed. He was the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, they said he really needs a hit and all this. And I said really, and I said yeah. I guess I guess Garp didn't make a lot of money. John was critically acclaimed. Didn't yeah. make the money they thought. But the movie that did the money in the credit was Good Morning Vietnam. That was yeah. That was that, big. That was when he was launched into the stratosphere. And then, like, as you said, Mike, the Academy Award acting roles, he came with that. Good yeah. Will Hunting. Good Will which Hunting. was a chance, probably, taking it, you know, have him do dramatic stuff. But he did Dead Poets, Fisher King. Yeah. Awakenings. Yeah, Awakenings. Yeah. What Dreams May Come. World's Greatest Dad. How is that? It's good. It's, it's really good. It's, yeah. I mean, You're it's going to be really weird to see it now. Wait, yeah. it talks it is? About yeah, it's really good. It, yeah. Really? Yeah. I will. I will get it. Bobcat's yeah. movie. Yeah, it's Bobcat's movie. And it's but it's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm all over that. I will get that. I'll, I'll, I'll try it out. Would be a little tougher to watch now. Yeah. Right? Well, but the, it's, you know what's, it's good. It's ironically, you know, it's wild. Is here and it's kind of realistic in a way. Re- but and it's about suicide. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, well, there's another movie that I was going to say, and I didn't realize it till later. I was uh, oh, I don't thank Chris Moore for having me on his show by the way we talked about Rob when he passed and he asked me questions but one of the movies I'd mentioned later my wife Hetty said oh Jim you said, you know, that's, isn't that weird the movie we, we both love What Dreams May Come and the basis of it is suicide it's, yeah, it's kind of wild you're saying those two movies are mm-hmm. both movies we both brought up and we love but yeah it's yeah, I don't know, a great great career we, it's weird how much he affected us because we don't know him, but we do, right? It's yeah. like one of those people. Mm-hmm. He's one of those special people who's iconic to where the president comments. You know, on very short side note, but uh, the funniest thing I've ever seen Robin Williams do is a, a Saturday Night Live sketch where his wife is pregnant and yeah. he convinces her to hold oh, yeah. the camera throughout <laughs> yeah. the birth. Through, through the trip to the hospital <laughs> to the birth. So, and he's making jokes. He's being himself the whole time. So, yeah. like, she's like in clearly in agony and he's like looking at his wife between the view is between her legs and he's standing there like he's like hey honey is the mad mad vacation kick 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 and uh, and like he's like it's coming honey it's coming what does 666 mean you know he's yeah. like doing all these jokes about his wife while she's having a baby and then at the very end when she's having the baby the last thing you hear him yelling is keep me in frame keep me in frame <laughs> <laughs> he's like just being this demanding oh. director that was, I remember that's good that's funny too when he's down there he's like oh I'm gonna be here with you at your cervix like yeah he was making all these funny jokes and <laughs> hey, she man. was not having it well hey he made, a lot, he made us all laugh that's, that's He's the great Robin Williams, man. Rest in peace. We'll be. It's one of those things, Johnny. We'll be talking about things like that. Skits, skits that he's done, whether it's SNL or scenes in movies for, yeah. for years and years, man. He made an impact. So, rest in peace, Robin Williams and and uh, Sophie Maslow. Another boy. This this has been a kind of a really you know thought. I didn't re- expect this to be this you know a lot of cath- cathartic type show here. Yeah, what are we going to talk about next? I'm thinking Missouri. Yeah, just go right in there. Let's go to the Ebola virus. Let's go right in there, and, and then what's what's going on with the cancer cure update? Uh. Let's go for there. Let's just move. And that's the, 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 I tell you what, since we're on, let's go to history. How about that? I got some history news for us. <laughs> you know, I I have to, I have to tell you, I've been getting into this, as you know, Netflix. I'm nuts over Netflix and Amazon. And I start I'm gonna get Jimmy a T-shirt that says "Nuts over Netflix." You know what, John? Yeah. Copyright it. There it is. There's our million. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, 
It's just Jimmy's nuts on the <laughs> on the Netflix logo. <laughs> <laughs> Unmanicured. God, I yep. love it. Oh, of course. No apologies. Nope. nope. Just right there. Right at you. <laughs> Nuts over Netflix. Balls well, out. I, I, I balls out. But I got <laughs> so I so I uh I get this documentary on World War Two. And it, it which I'm fascinated at World War Two and you know how I know Brokhouse is the greatest generation. It was amazing those guys, American, the, that our generation, the That's generation that did that. They, they were amazing, yeah, real heroes. And this one guy, John, started talking about the war, and this, they had all these historians. And this guy starts talking about how Hitler uh, lost the war in a couple different ways, and and these guys were talking about some many flaws that this guy had. Now, now Hitler, who was the most evil person ever i think on the planet one of the in history as we know this is mm-hmm. yeah it's the top one percent top one percent when you're talking evil <laughs> right horrible mm-hmm. evil person uh, they they start talking about this guy goes you know hitler was lazy and it got my interest yeah i'm like wow and the historian goes he liked to sleep a lot and he said he, he didn't let you wake him up he didn't like being woken up and if you woke him up you know, they didn't want to piss him off because he's, you know, well, he's a little crazy, right? Or a lot mm-hmm. crazy. They said he was sleeping, John, during the Normandy invasion. This historian said they couldn't wake him up because the guy was afraid to wake him up. And they wanted to, this one general wanted to move a million troops from this other area, from inland, to move them to the beach to push us back out into the ocean. Because mm-hmm. Rommel said, hey, if they get in. They get, you know, Americans got us, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy so, sounds like he's describing it like Jeff Spicoli described. Yeah, he's like, I, so Rommel I, was like, hey, dude, hey, dude, hey, dude, this <laughs> is our time. <laughs> this is what it is, Mr. Hand. Rommel, Rommel, Rommel was all like, this is bullshit, Rommel's man. Mr. Hand. <laughs> so, so, uh, so they can't wait. But I, I'm something. Oh my God, what was that daily ritual like? Waking Hitler up. Right? Yeah, I don't want to do it. Yeah, the Americans on the beach. Ah, ten more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up! I don't want to school, mommy. The school boys will come later. You know, it's probably some sick, crazy, twisted. Yeah. No, they had alarm clocks back then, right? You would yeah. think. I mean, well, Hitler. Yeah, he had people there to do it. Mm-hmm. Scumbag. And, and listen, the, the other. He wasn't scum. The other thing was he he, they, he fancied himself to be an artist. Okay, right. He was frustrated a, artist, and he so he he would delve into other things, music. And they said he thought he was charming. They said he, they said he thought he was funny. And he would tell these jokes to generals, and they'd have to kind of laugh. Okay, because you don't want to get shot. And <laughs> I'm listening to all this. I'm thinking, wow, I, what would Hitler be like as a as a, as a stand up? You know, if he thought he was funny. What, you know, what's he do? Did he, did he have the general sitting there doing this? All right, everybody. How many of you, by applause, how many of you are invaded by the, for the first time tonight? <laughs> I can see him. Two as, Jews walk into a bar. It'd be heavy on the Jewish humor, I think. <laughs> yeah. Throwing some yeah, gay yeah, stuff. Without yeah. question. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, it's just, uh, well, you know, he was a sick, twisted human being, but he, I guess he had other, you know, just like everybody else had weird quirks. Jeez. I would say, yeah, yeah a, couple, a couple weird quirks. That's wild there. stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't want to be the guy that had to wake up Hitler. Are you so? Or being his audience. So, um, <laughs> what else did you take from that documentary besides that uh, Hitler was a uh, 
that he was a real fuck up. That he was, you know, and no one, and, and he is so. That's what ha- what I took away was that. Thank God for uh, you know the, the Americans and our, the Allies at that time, or we'd all be you know under some kind of communist dictatorship rule. But it goes to show, like with dictatorship, you give too much power to one person. How that can just that 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 rarely I don't I can't see how they could ever go go right because it's just one person who mm-hmm. thought he was some sort of god. That's what I kind of took away from. There's a guy who didn't listen to anybody. He thought he was a strategist. Right. He thought he was the fucking man, and he was a fuck up the whole time. Really. He had j- the first fucking jet, the first jet, and he didn't build enough of them. They said build them. He goes, he goes no, no, no. We do not do defense because they couldn't put bombs on. He said they can shoot down yeah. planes to defend. And he goes, we don't do that here. We don't do that. Huh. Two Jews walking to a bar. <laughs> Why are you not laughing? Are you in the history? Are you in the- I, I, uh, I just find it fascinating. Yeah, no, I am. I am. I am. I, uh, I- I, I learned all amazing. my historical facts through uh, Netflix. Mo- I, I know everything I know about World War II from uh, Saving Private Ryan. There you go. I one. watch, yeah, movies. Although and documentaries. Hitler does not appear in, do. in anywhere in the movie, I get you know you get yes you get a vibe for it. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom Hanks is he saved the world a few times, right? Mm-hmm. He died in that. <laughs> he died in that movie. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So sad. It's a tough one. That's a good one. Good movie though. Great movie. As a matter of fact, I remember going to... I saw that once and was just like so amazed by the first 15 minutes of that movie with all the gunfire where they're coming in off the boats and all you hear is the ting, 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 ting. You know, these guys are just dropping like flies. I, the second time I went to it, there was a couple, like three rows in front of me that brought their like three kids ranging from age four to nine. Wow. And Ooh, the movie starts. <laughs> the Bad movie idea. starts. And it's just tink, tink, tink. These kids are like, why did you take us oh here? Oh, my God. They're in therapy today, <laughs> yeah. these kids. And it's all the blood Why on the are we watching this? <laughs> tink, tink, tink. This is the greatest generation. Shut up. Tink, 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 tink. <laughs> guy uh, takes off his helmet, and then the next bullet goes through his skull. Oh, yeah, the guy's crawling for his leg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at the eight year old going, just don't be a wuss, all right? Yeah. Here, eat your, ra- eat your MRE, eat your <laughs> rations. Take your kid to a porno or something. I know. Said, that might That's happen where he went in your the next life. day. <laughs> made oh, a man yeah. of him. <laughs> Awful. Uh, wow. It, that was a great movie, though. That and my, that, uh, two movies like that to get me going Saving Private Right and, and Band of Brothers, man. I love Band of Brothers, the, the series, the miniseries. Yeah, I never mm-hmm. saw that. Oh, you're kidding. No. John, it's the greatest. I have it. You can watch. I'll watch it with you. I'd like to see it. And they have the real guys from Easy Company talking first, and then they go to the what happened. You know what actually happened. And, and if you don't just you know charge forward after the, when the guy uh, I can't remember the guy the, the head guy from Easy Company goes. Uh, he said that his grandson said, "Did you are you a hero?" And he goes, "No, but I served with some." And they go to scene one. Nice. You're like, oh man, yeah, it's amazing. Hey, I. Well, let's switch gears, Ryan. Let's switch gears again. I want to talk about HBO's Hard Knocks, man. The Falcons football season here, preseason and all. By the way, are you guys ready? You in this year for fantasy football? Yeah, sure. You're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it couldn't be any my, worse than it was last year. You, you in? Yeah, yeah. All right. Twenty ninth, my house is the draft. Okay. Okay. Twenty ninth, right. lock it in. My house. Uh, I'm scouting though. Uh, Eric and I lost last year too. We did not win. Uh, Steve Wetzel is the league champion. Now I have to tell you right now, guys. He beat me in the final game. Did did was you did you in the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, I lost. The wow, Super Bowl. I'm so sorry. 
Uh, I know. It hurts because you made it all the it way. It does hurt, yeah. It's yeah. going to hurt worse now. You ready for this? I went nuts, and I bought this trophy. Boy. That costs like a, a couple hundred. I call it, yeah, I, I went. I went nuts. It looks better than the Lombardi Trophy. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. I will get the picture up on jimcran.com. Right, I got mine. It. You got it. No, here's what you could be yours this year, John. It's got the plaques. It's got like ten plaques oh, or eight. So pla- you can engrave it every year and pass it on. Yes, nice. and, and whoever wins gets to hold the trophy for the year, like the wow. cup, Stanley Cup. And it's got enough for the next eight to ten years, and then we can put it on the sides. But it is nice than the Lombardi Trophy. It's beautiful. So, Mike, just to make you feel worse today, you could have been on there. I know. Because we'll put the first two champions on. and uh, then, you know, Inaugural you know, trophy wow. champion. How about that? You could have been on there next year. Makes well, it even worse. it's all going to be who we draft. It's all in the draft. Man. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm studying hard knock. Josh is pointing over to you. He doesn't he want. Eric and I won the first year. We lost the second Eric and I, we feel if we win this year, we can start talking Dynasty and get T-shirts. <laughs> That's the pressure we feel. You, you know, who, who are you going to draft first? Can you tell me? Uh, it doesn't matter who we tell first round. You know what I mean? You know why? Because it's first round. It really does it, matter. It's, it's apples it, and oranges it, it, in the no, first round. No, it's not. It's not because last year the uh, – Everybody was saying what a big year Trent Richardson was going to have because oh, Trent yes. Richardson yes, and he got had traded. nine touchdowns and a 900 yards as a rookie, so he's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. And I pick up tr- first pick Trent Richardson. I got I think I drafted like eight. You believe the hype, and I believe the you hype, believe and it. it was such a nightmare. Yes, and then coming back around it's the board, I got C.J. Spiller, who was also a oh, classic no underachiever. Ooh. Yes, no, and then my first quarterback was Tom Brady, who had his first kind of off year yeah. in a yes. long time. Yeah, 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 my yeah. draft. Was doomed. Top three picks. Oh doomed my god! Me. Yeah, that was that's, that's it. Clearly, I don't still think about it, but uh, I am surprised. <laughs> I'm, I am surprised you're still Just let it go. You're still GM of your team, oh, man. Geez. You're on a hot seat, buddy. I should have fired myself. You're on. A, yeah, you're on thin ice. Last time you show up to a draft high, but yeah. yet yeah. I know that's. Not, I know that the, that it's not true. It won't be the uh, last time. Yeah. No, no. Maybe this year. <laughs> Don't blame man. the weed. I'm not. I, I'm, I would never blame the weed. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the weed can help. Sometimes, yeah. Moment <laughs> of inspiration. I, mm-hmm. I'd say right now, if I, I'll, my first pick was it would be uh, Peyton Manning. You know, what phone's ringing? This could be Scouts calling here. Sorry, I didn't turn the ringer off, guys. Not fault. That's Eric actually calling <laughs> my partner. I heard you talking about him. Okay, but uh, yeah, it's 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 going to definitely be Peyton Manning if it could be the first pick. Got to go, Peyton. How about you, Peyton? Right? There's 50 touchdowns. you got to pick him. He's available. And he throws 80 passes a game. So 80 pa- yeah, he's got to be. give you an advantage. You would up. take him first pick if you had a shot. That's what I'm saying. First like, be the pick. first shot. But you know what? There's the thing. I always say uh, reality over fantasy league. I can't root for a guy that I can't. Even I can't even hear the guy talking I without know. wanting to jump through a, out a window or something. I, I'm, I'm not Peyton Manning. I'm not. Oh a, my God! Not, I, I share this with I you. I can't be. I mean, I can't. I can't have a guy on my team that I don't also I, I really can't pick like him for that reason either. Yeah. yeah. I, so I got to find another player I like that is has equal value to Peyton Manning. Drew Brees like, is pretty close. You know, Aaron Rodgers might be that guy. It, yeah. it doesn't matter what you think of Peyton Manning or Eli Manning. We have to put up with an entire year of Chris Collinsworth's crush on them. Oh my All the media God. have the crush on Peyton, but All it is them. crazy with Collinsworth. All of them, yeah. Collinsworth is, drives me, uh, he drives me insane with Peyton Manning and Eli both. It's just like. Well, that's just Peyton Manning. 
He can throw. An, yeah, he can throw an interception, John. And, and I have to listen to Collinsworth going, and they always have Archie up in the box. He's like, you know, he's yeah. like, there is Peyton Manning. That interception was. That's what the guy I want on my team, John. <laughs> that was not his that, fault. That was, that was not, not his never fault. Never his all. fault. That's a guy. Peyton Manning, I can tell you right now, Peyton Manning spent 22 hours in a film session, and that receiver's who's at fault, Al. That's who it is. And right, look up there is Archie Manning in the booth. Oh, my God. That man has magical sperm. I am telling you, <laughs> Eli, Peyton, Cooper's adopted. There's no doubt about it, Al. I could be in a threesome. It would be with Eli and Peyton I would and Archie dress, watching. I would dress up as a woman for Eli and Peyton Manning. That's what I mean. Now, they're not, I'm not afraid oh, to be with them. It's disgusting. It is. You can't take it. See him with Mozilla oil all over now. <laughs> you know, we're gonna put up with that all year. <laughs> it's, the it's, greatest man to ever walk on the earth, Peyton Manning. He does believe he that. He does. I know. He's like, hey, he's number one. Jesus is number two, and my mom is number three. <laughs> Like Jesus, stop it! I can't take he loves it. Loves him so much. Oh, he could do no wrong, man. I love when they say that. You know, I love when they tell these players, all these players, they go, you know, he spends about ten hours a day watching film. Bullshit! You know they're watching yeah. porn, man. They always see the guy in Hard Knocks, right, and they carry an iPad like they're watching fucking game film, right? They're watching game film. They're watching all every Jenna Jameson collection or or any porn, right? There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. Do you think these guys are watching ten hours of tape, like they say Chris Collins was? It's doubtful. It's very doubtful. Right? When the these guys be are so boring, it would be so, They can't be sitting there watching Peyton Manning ten hours a day, you know. Well, just you know, just try to do a real good, good job. He's that shucks guy. Oh, shucks. yeah. Where does he? Where does oh, he shucks. find time to go looking yeah. for crawdads? Yeah, and, I know. Uh, and, uh, and what g- don't you know about football already? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sixteen years. Uh, yeah, just you know, doing crawdads for charity. <laughs> oh, so he's he's got so image conscious. Everything he says is just image conscious. He's you know, he he, he seems like a good guy though. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the yeah. See, he got me. He got me. I know. That's what it is. He, Peyton Manning is single-handedly responsible for me never ordering Papa John's again. No, Ever. I won't order it yeah, either. Will no, not really? do it. Will never. not do it. Uh-uh. I can't stand those two fondling over if we each were other. A, in a, imagine if you had to hang out with Chris Collinsworth. You just said something like that, If, John. if they oh, were our sponsor, God. I would say that. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> but if he said, you know, he's a good guy. Good guy. He's a better guy than you'll ever be, Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> He probably tells his wife, I love you so and, much, and, honey, and, but not as much as Could you put on a Peyton Manning, Manning jersey while yeah, we do it? <laughs> put on put on the 18. And I'll just remind you guys, he's got a sub-500 record in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That is a stat. Sub-500 in the playoffs. I will, say, I will see this in one defense of him, though. It, pisses, it does get me sometime with winning announcers, though. And you're right, John. He does have a better. He has a fucking ring, and it's killing announcers. It's killing the angry guys. So you have the Collinsworth guys mm-hmm. who are just, you know, I would love this, man. I have knee pads that would just, you know, with number 18 on them. One A. And then you have the other guy who's the Jim Romy kind of. Yeah. He grew up with Rome, maybe, you know. Angsty. Pig's bad. Bad man. Terrible. <laughs> Choker. <laughs> or whatever. And, and he has a ring. And it killed him last year. Because he can't say, one thing about him doesn't have the ring. Those guys couldn't say that because he has a championship. It didn't. He didn't give a shit if he won, really. Mm-hmm. So they would say something. They'd stretch it. I remember going, Eli has two. Eli has one. <laughs> so yeah. That's mm-hmm. not enough for me. 
You know, he has a, and he's an MVP of a Super Bowl. He has nothing to prove, I guess. That was so funny. They were trying to make something out of it. Yeah. Fuck there's always going to be, yeah. there's always going to be the right? haters. Right. You got to have the haters. Mark Griffin won the Super Bowl, too. That's true, but still. You can't, but you know what, though? They can't get the old, grossman. he can't get, never <laughs> win a Super Bowl, and he'll always be empty and stuff. And that'd be great for those guys who hate him, because, you know, you want that empty feeling later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no. He could go all shooks, got the ring. I ain't got no empty feeling. Knock Danny. All shooks. <laughs> Although Danny Marino is the greatest quarterback ever. Do you think you need a ring to be the greatest? I think I don't. I don't. I mean, it's a guy like Danny Marino, man. Yeah. I think he's the I greatest. Think he do. I don't think he was. I think Montana was the greatest, and not just because he wore four, well, four like rings, Montana. but because he was Mister Clutch in the fourth quarter. I agree. With and Montana. My, Marino had a lot of comebacks too. He did. He won championships, and in, in, you know, not not the Super Bowl though. Elway was awesome too. With that, that whole class of quarterbacks that era, yeah. That is like in 1968 with baseball, with the pitchers. Mm-hmm. You know, Gibson, Seaver, Carlton, all those guys. That era, man, yeah. that was an amazing was, era for quarterbacks in the NFL. That was where the NFL, I think, went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think, too, like if you had no to pick, if you sports. had to, you had, you were down, you had one game winning drive to go, and who would you put in there to win a big game? Elway, no doubt. I would put Montana. I'd put Montana? Montana? Montana. It wouldn't be Peyton. I'll go Elway <laughs> all the way because of the arm. It wouldn't be Peyton? No way. I mean, neither. He's lost so many big games that I wouldn't play. Wouldn't it be that. funny if Collinsworth was life dependent? I go, sorry, Peyton, I love you, Thelma. But no, it's not going to be. <laughs> he couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, not if it, not if your life depended on it. I would say, see, I'll wait for me because he had that arm at cannon, that arm that could, you know. But my God, you're right, Montana, amazing. You always felt like you had a chance to win if you got the ball back with a minute twenty left. You always I, felt like you I got I got magic in a bottle. I got to tell you guys, Ben Roethlisberger with that that uh, drive and in, in that I mean in the in the Super Bowl, that guy is pretty amazing. That is very this Montana esque. He was perfect on the last. I mean, drive. He, but I've seen him in drives at the end of games where, where you know other guys would fold. Mm-hmm. He's up there, and I think he's up there with one of the guys. Great clutch quarterback. Clutch yeah. quarterbacks, right? Yeah. He's got two rings. There you well, go. I signed to like Chris Collins or then I'll tell you right now. There <laughs> oh my God. The way he moves, he's got a tan, but yet he doesn't have a tan. I don't know how he does it. Looks good. He's wearing a helmet, but yet the tan still shows up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's one of the clutch guys. I, I we we got some great yeah, I I, I think Elway, Ben how about Brady? Not enough to mention Brady. Brady, yeah. Huh? He's definitely say, up there, too. What? Too cute for you? <laughs> <laughs> too cutesy? <laughs> you wrote for no one who has better hair than us. It's <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady's in a lot of big games. That's crazy. He hasn't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. Uh, you know, it is crazy. The, he was in one, right? He, was in, he lost a couple. He lost to Eli twice. Isn't that wild, man? This guy's so fucking Eli good. got him <laughs> twice. <laughs> Thank you, David or, Tyree. Or Brady would have been 5-0 and if it wasn't for Eli Manning he, and yes. David Tyree. He yeah. has three three championship three rings and, and two, lost two. Yeah. That, that's an amazing Both resume. To Eli. How, what a weird resume. That guy's been in the Super Bowl almost half of his career. Brady. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, speaking of some strong sports, let's do it. Let's go, Mikey. Mike, Mike Wysocki, which was his sports. Let's bring some sports in here. Okay. Since, well, since we're talking sports. I didn't even mention Joe Montana. Because we're going to start with a farewell to Candlestick Park, former home of John Evans' beloved San Francisco 49ers. They're moving into new Levi Stadium. And unlike Levi Jeans, this stadium was not constructed with child slave labor. 
a new beginning. But uh, real quick, my top three Candlestick Park moments. Number one, going the opposite way, Beatles concert, the last one in 1966. Tough to top that. Number two, the catch. Joe Montana to Dwight Clark pass an outstretched Everson Walls, helping Joe Montana to get to his first Super Bowl. First of four wins. That was the first game I ever bet on. I remember I was really? in third grade, and I hated the Cowboys so much uh, yeah. that I bet a dollar that uh, they would lose that game, <laughs> and I won it. Was it, I was it was so, at the beginning of your gambling? Beginning of a gambling like, addiction <laughs> I've never recovered <laughs> from. And then number three, Juan Marichal taking a bat to Dodgers catcher John Roseborough, <laughs> hitting him twice in the head. I don't know if you ever remember that. Yep. Yeah. Beat him twice in the head. Uh, Marshall was suspended eight games for that. Six more than Ray Rice got for beating the shit out of his future wife. So let that be a lesson to the NFL wife beaters out there. You might <laughs> lose two games pay if you beat the hell out of a woman. Fair deal. Preseason football's in swing, and it sucks. Why on earth do people pay regular season ticket prices to watch games that mean nothing? Absolutely nothing. And why four games? That's a quarter of the season. Hockey's a tough sport, but they don't play 20 exhibition games to start the season. Also come this season, you'll hear the unfamiliar term world champion Seattle. That's a weird one too. Like it I is. was like it I would even flow. caught myself the other who won the Super Bowl last year and I forgot mm-hmm. it was the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> the Seahawks defend their title being only the second time that city has ever had a championship parade. Wow. That's it. The Sonic the Supersonics who they don't even have anymore won the NBA <laughs> title in the 70s and that's the first time Seattle's ever won anything. The Little League World Series in Williamsport this year, an event joined by parents, kids, and pedophiles alike. That's nice that everyone can get together (laughs) and watch that. This year, the talk is about Monet Davis, a girl from Philadelphia who's throwing shutouts and can rev it up to 70 miles an hour. Have you seen this? No. I mean, I, it's amazing. I remember I it was years ago, but I remember I took one of those bullpen things and threw. That's what I could throw, and I was like maybe twenty years old or something, <laughs> throwing as hard as I could with seventy miles an hour. This girl's twelve, and um, she would have been good enough wow. to make the twenty ten Pittsburgh Pirates with that kind of heat. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the Pirates this year. Still in the race, but fading. Uh, it's been kind of tough. They have two guys on the bench. One's named Jason Nix and one named Michael Martinez, who are batting. Their batting averages are .134 and .132, respectively, which is about my blood alcohol level after a show. So come on, Pirates. <laughs> let's get to that. we got to get these guys. They're hitting like girls. I'd rather have Jim Abbott who was an 095 lifetime hitter with one arm than these two guys. So <laughs> hopefully the Pirates will get their shit together and uh, preseason football will be over in a few weeks and then the real thing begins. Thanks, Mike. Mike Wysocki, Twisted Sports, Jim Crane, No Restrictions. Let's go to a quick commercial. We'll be back in one minute. Keep it here. Don't move. Be right back after this. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to PrimeCoreGroup.com. No restrictions. Jim Grant, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Great sports, Mike. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm ready for for football. I know we're talking a little bit of fantasy. Uh, Hard Knocks on HBO. 
been into it. I like the little behind the scenes thing. I don't know why. It's like a, a weird voyeuristic thing to watch guys get cut. I it, you, you just sit there and it's you're you squeamish, but I still watch. I couldn't find a more interesting team than the Falcons. That's this year. the <laughs> one thing. You know, <laughs> there are teams now that have to do it. I believe. It's, I, I guess I, so. Yeah, yep. you can't keep doing the same. They have yeah. to do it. Like, I I wonder. It's probably a pain in the ass for these guys. You know, it's not like they want cameras in our locker. I would guess, right? No, I wouldn't so, think so. It'd be so. Yeah, your th- your name's thrown into a hat if you win. Less than like eight games or something like. Oh, oh is that how they yeah, do it? Yeah, I was yeah. wondering how they pick. So huh. yeah, so the teams that have winning records, playoff teams are automatically they don't have to. I mean, they could if they wanted to, right. but, they don't but have no to. one wants to bring that circus to their camp. It gives and, you incentive to no. win a little more. It does. Yeah, what's <laughs> a pain in the ass? And it was interesting though. Uh, who's the coach? Mike Smith. Is that the coach? Yeah, I think so. Isn't he, that weird? He's so generic, that coach. I don't remember. He's like one of the winningest coaches right in the last four years. But, yeah, that's, you know, maybe that's the problem. But, anyway, he's, he stands up there, and he goes, Johnny, he goes, he says, you know, I'm tired of people calling us a soft team and all this, and we're not a soft team. And I started thinking of that with announcers call football. You ever, you've heard that a million times. That mm-hmm. team's soft. Yeah. They're soft. They have a soft schedule. In the NFL, you there is is there really a soft team? Is it possible? No, even if you're losing all the time, it's you're an NFL. Shit beat I think it's an insult we call someone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these defenses and offense are hitting just as hard. Right, they have linebackers two fifty running four four. The mm-hmm. fuck is a soft team, man? I don't know. Is it like Tim Gunn from Project Runway in the safety? Like, I'm your safety, <laughs> Tim Gunn, and I'm soft, but I don't team care. Gets the ball and just runs directly out of bounds every time to they, avoid getting hit because I'm free. I'm a free safety, Mike. <laughs> don't hit me. I see you running around and I just I don't want to hit you. I wrap you like a bow, blowing your blowhole. Tag. Say physical. <laughs> May not be physical, but I'm not afraid to give you a physical <laughs> Tim Gunn. Go for it. They, they make it sound like that. Like, these guys are hitting like just like any other team. I think it's funny that they say that shit. Mouncer just like makes shit up to say. What the hell is in space? That just came That's out in another the last couple years. That one crazy. Oh, he's Great good in space. space. Get him in some space and he's good. Mike Mayock is the king the of that, is that shit. He start, I think Mike Mayock started. He's not the biggest announcer or anything, but I think other announcers watch him. Downhill like he's the runner. Bob Dylan of announcers, of yeah. sports announcers. Like he's all the original cool things, and the other guys pick it off him, you know? Like they saw, they saw like you know in space and or, or with all that and and they brought that separation. It to, oh, yeah. you mean he's yeah. fast separation? He yeah. runs downhill. It's mm. like you know then then, <laughs> then the mainstream guys see him and they bring it to their you know Eli Manning. I would hold him in space right there. Yeah. Got with him for space. I go to space with him. It's like it's like a Sandra Bullock movie. You wouldn't be alone like her. But just just me and him in the space shuttle <laughs> out in space. He's out of the world. Is what he is. He's like, man, he's out of the world. Oh, God, I'm like, so hard right now. But uh, a game with possible playoff implications. I hate that one. Too. That, yeah, it means nothing around week ten. Right. Possible playoff implications. I wonder what this year's going to. Fuck is that? He's a gamer. <laughs> he's uh, there's a couple a gamer. Of I know. He's a gamer. This guy's a gamer. This guy's just a football player. That's all he's he is. He's just a football. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that Which one. Too. Means he's a throwback. He's a throwback. I like when he's just a football player because translation. He's a fucking moron. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. simple moron. He knows. Ball, go, run. It's Should yeah. be playing without a helmet because it wouldn't matter if he got his head hit and he's kind of an idiot. He is just a football player. He's a gym rat. That's a good one. I love that. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah. Always, always like it more for basketball, but I like it. Uh, They're bringing it. Yeah, they yeah. brought the football last year. Yeah. Gym rat's big. That's huge. 
Yeah, that's what's my, there's, there's gotta be there's, there's so many of these these weird in space is awesome though, Mike. That was a good yeah, one. I know they said all the time it just yeah, how good is he in space? Yeah, how mm. is he in space? Man? It's like, <laughs> wow, so, yeah, it's well, don't just don't be soft, but if you are, be proud, says Coach <laughs> Free Safety Tim Gunn. Be proud. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, we, must, we, we you always should wrap the show up on Tim Gunn. Tim's a closer. Mm-hmm. Can't fall on <laughs> Can't top Tim. Yeah, since, you know. Can't top Tim. Do, you do, can't do, top do, do. Tim, and you can't top Chris <laughs> Collins' love for Eli and Peyton. God, he so, loves him. Right? He's jerking off to them right now. Right this second, buddy. <laughs> you don't even do that. No, Mike, don't insult me. You massage to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Mannings. That would be a reality show. The Mannings. You know they approached him. Oh, yeah. I of see. I, oh, but I saw the Wahlbergs, which is a good one. I'm not, not I'm way off the subject, which isn't bad. It's pretty funny. They yeah, have a I hamburger the, joint. I get it. Wahlbergers. I get it. Your last yeah. name's Wall. Uh, whatever. It, but it's Wahlberg. Wahlburger. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Our last name's Wahlberg. You know, what would we call a burger place? They've been playing that for years, yeah. bro. Yeah. Uh, the burger looks good, though. Looks great. Yeah. yeah, looks like they know what they're doing, huh? It does. The guy, the br- one brother's the cook, man. He knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, he's the genius as far as the food. It, I, I want to go, I want to fly to Boston to get a Wahlburger. That's what I'm trying to talk you guys into it. Want to go? I'll do that for Podcast burgers. Podcast live from Wahlburgers. I am a, yes, I'm a burger nut. I love burgers. When I started seeing it, you know, I'm like, man, that's a damn good burger. I have to try it. It looks good anyway. It looks great. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, we're, we went to the Kamake, Kamache in Los Angeles was touted as one of the best burgers when I was out there, man. I had to try it. It was it was awesome. Tassaro's here in Pittsburgh may be the best I've ever had. So really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Tassaro's in Pittsburgh. John. Now does that Bloomfield. include Hardee's or no? That include no, that includes Hardee's. And you know notice I didn't laugh when you said it because I, I take the food fast food seriously. Some of them can compete these fast food play. Hardee's is a great burger, by the way, fast food wise. But no, they are the best that I've ever had, and I have no believe me, I have no deals with them or anything. I'm just that's, <laughs> that's so wide open. Wow, I'm gonna have to check spot. that out. Oh, no. Yeah, it's the real deal, man. But anyway, hey, thank you, thanks so much for for uh, downloading us and streaming us and listening to the show. Uh, we we appreciate your loyalty. We had a blast hanging out, goofing around today, and we'll let you know who we picked in fantasy football. It's coming up, right? Yep, 29th. We're gonna break Johnny. I promise you, Johnny will have a better team this year, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yes. Can't don't, promise you he's not going to pick any Cleveland Browns. Right, they, John? they can't be. I can't be any worse than I was last year. It was so bad. Yes, this uh, it's good though. The good news is you. It's a great. You're going to double your wins. You had like what one, two? I think I won like about that. four, five games. Oh, you're on your way. Don't pick Ray Rice. No, don't go Ray Rice. To put him on the bench the first two yeah. weeks anyway. Yeah, well. That's right. Mike, That's what you get. Mikey's always in the championship, too. He's, he's always <laughs> there. You're the Buffalo Bills of our league. You're going to win this show, though, buddy. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening. Jim Cren, uh, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Thanks.